Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. We get together, some of our leadership team, about once a month or so just to pray for all of you. Pray for everyone who's here, who's sitting in these seats and who's going to come to be in these seats. And and God really stirred something in my heart that I wanted to share with you guys this morning around the idea we talk about the power of God, but many of you are in the room and have felt in some way like that sounds fictional, that sounds like a hope, that sounds like something that maybe might kind of sort of work for somebody. Or I want to address the room. I grew up in church and we grew up in a place where there was no way that I could see the miracle. But if I went to see the pastor, I went to see the priest, I went to see the bishop, like I could go to them and if they prayed for me, then maybe I could see it. But I want to break some paradigms this morning. I want to shift some things for people this morning to know that, as Pastor Jurgen talked about, you know, we are a church that believes in power, not just in a mythical idea, not just in something that could maybe kind of sort of work for somebody, but that each and every one of us is equipped and prepared to be able to walk in that power and that authority. And so I'm going to share a little bit about that this morning. So some of you might not know, but I actually grew up here in Boise, um, which is a rarity around here, right? I always thought when I lived in San Diego, it was weird to find somebody who was actually from San Diego. And then when so many people have moved here, it's like the question isn't where did you go to high school, but it's how long have you been here? You know, because it's just kind of a shift and a difference, right? The people are, they just assume you're not from here. And, you know, when we were moving down to San Diego and we were looking for a church, my wife and I we're really desiring a church that not just believed in miracles, but saw them, you know, that not just learned more information, but actually experienced transformation. And so we started going to Awaken Church in San Diego. And when we moved back in 2020, we had no idea that this was ever going to happen. Had no idea. And it was just incredible to see what God has done through the lives and the faith of some of these people, the Bittners and the Punkas and others who have given and given and given to sow seed to see where we've come from today. I want to honor you guys for the seeds that you have sown and the time and the energy and the effort you've put in. And and so I know many of you are here today because you're likely looking for something as well. You're saying, hey, I've been around the block. I've tried this. I've heard a lot of great information. But I've never experienced what I've read about, and there's a gap. There's a delta in between the two, and so you're looking for a place that actually walks in the power and the authority that you read about on the pages of the Word, and so we as a church, we refuse to believe that this power and authority is just reserved for a select few, but we also believe that there's a calling on your life that will not be walked out without that power and authority will not be executed. And so we're going to talk this morning. I want you to ask yourself the question as the title of my message, why not me? And, you know, I think in our culture and our society, we oftentimes have, I know Jake talked about it a little bit as well, I think earlier, but you know, you kind of have this why me mentality. Why does this always happen to me? Why does it? And our culture has put gasoline on the flames of a victim mentality. We've culturally allowed ourselves to accept, well, this is just my lot in life. Yeah, this is really hard. I can't do this. I can't do that. And we automatically put ceilings over ourselves, not because that's what God's called us into, but that's just who we believe ourselves to be. And I want to shift that a little bit. I want to add a little in between to your question, say, why not me? You know, what's interesting is we often disqualify ourselves 
far before anyone else would. You know, like my wife and I, if you knew our story, I'm the first person in our family to graduate from college. You know, my wife and I own, bought a house here in Boise that thankfully has gone up in value. Thank you, Jesus, since we bought it. But when we bought it, it was the most expensive house anyone in our family had ever bought. And it wasn't a mansion. It wasn't whatever. But that's just what we came from. And so when we have a healthy perspective of knowing who God is, you know, we owe everything to him. You know, and I think the thing that we forget oftentimes is that God specializes in using people that wouldn't otherwise make sense and to elevate them into walking in the power and authority that he's called him into. Do you mind if I share a few examples with you this morning? So let's talk about David for a minute. Many of you know the story of David. His father didn't think that he was worth bringing to the meeting with the prophet to pick the next king. Maybe some of you were the sibling in your household that didn't get the college scholarship. You didn't get the preferential treatment. Maybe you were a stepchild or you were an accident baby and that was spoken over your life. God uses used David enormously. His father left him in the field. Can you imagine if you knew your 12 brothers were going to meet with somebody who could change their life forever for a job interview? You know, imagine if, if I said, hey, I'm going to take 12 of you and one of you is walking out of here with a Powerball ticket. That's the winning ticket. If you got left out for even the consideration, like how would that make you feel, right? We talk about Moses. Moses was raised in another man's home, wasn't even raised by his father, he was raised in another culture that wasn't his that he had to learn. He committed murder and had to run to the desert because it was the only way he wasn't going to be captured and killed by the Egyptians. And then God even found him there. Some of you have run from what God's called you to and God's calling you back and he'll find you no matter where you go, how far you try to get away. And, but the, my favorite part is, is he had a speech impediment. So then God said, hey, you're going to speak to millions. And he says, How? I can't, I can't speak without a stutter to my wife. Like, I don't know what it is you want me to do. God specializes in utilizing people that no one else would consider to be a fit for that. You know, we talk about Ruth for a minute. Let's celebrate some of the women of God in the Bible as well. Ruth, culturally, she took her mother-in-law and honored her. But what they were doing, they were going food bank by food bank, going to pick up the stuff that the grocery store let go and said, hey, we can't sell this anymore. And they were surviving on it. Culturally, they didn't have anyone else to care for them. Meanwhile, she's being faithful. She could have taken a victim mentality and said, the whole world's gone against me. All of this is terrible. I'm going to go and just find some other husband and it'll just work itself out because I need someone to care for me. We've made decisions sometimes where we say, God, I know your plan sounds good, but I'm going to let this other thing work out for me because it's easier. It's simpler. It makes more sense in front of me. And yet she chose to be faithful and found Boaz. Boaz found her in the field in her faithfulness, and she got to be in the lineage of Jesus and be able to operate in that because of her faithfulness, right? We talk about Peter. Peter walked with Jesus for years, day in and day out. He saw the miracles. He saw the feeding of the 5,000. He even walked on water himself. I mean, come on. We've all tried it in a pool, saw how far we could get. Like, you know, we've all given it a shot. Um, there's actually a church down in Orange County, Saddleback Church, has a bunch of Disney Imagineers that go there and work in their kids' program. So they have a little spot where they have a clear glass thing, and the people can actually illustrate the walking on water. It's pretty crazy if you ever get a chance to check it out. But, you know, all of that being said is, when the rubber hit the, like met the road, he denied Jesus three times. And how many of us have walked with Jesus for years and then your coworker needs you in a moment and says, hey, like, tell me about this church you go to, this Jesus you believe in. And you're like, ah, it's not really that big of a thing. I'm sorry. And we back away. We, we deny the power of Christ even in us because we're ashamed in a moment. And I'm not throwing any stones from my glass house. I've done it. Like I'm, no, I'm, I'm taking, it's on me here. 
but just know that like Jesus still restored him and he ended up seeing the first largest altar call 3,000 people saved and traveled the earth preaching the gospel until his death some of us have operated in those moments and said well I, I messed up once I guess I'll disqualify myself I don't think I have power I don't have authority let's talk about Paul for a second Paul thought he was doing right by killing Christians Paul thought that he knew where the line was religiously and said, hey, these people have crossed the line. They don't deserve to continue to move forward. I'm going to kill them. How many of us have been so religious that we've cut somebody else off in their opportunity to walk into what God's called them to because we thought, ah, oh, that's too far. That's outside the back. Like, that, uh, I, can't, I can't process that, right? And yet God fully restored him, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament that we read today, right? Let's talk about Mary, the mother of Jesus, last. So if you can imagine with me for a minute, that Mary has an unwed pregnancy in a culture where that's enormously unacceptable. When wives are given with dowries and things culturally to the other family, and suddenly you have what society would have considered at the time damaged goods. I'm not saying that, but that's just what society would have considered. Her value in that culture and society was that she could go in un, you know, unwed, unpregnant, <laughs> everything else, and actually be providing for the future family. She had to spend nine months of her life explaining to anyone who would ask that it wasn't what they thought. How many of you have been ever like miscategorized? Somebody actually put you in the wrong bucket. You had to explain your way out of the way that somebody looked at you and said, oh, you can only do that much. You thought, do you even know me? But because you've had to explain, this is where I'm from. This is the things I've been through. If, you, if none of this is registering with you, I don't know, but this is the God that we serve who really loves to work with things that don't make sense. And let's dive into the, into the Bible a little bit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25, it says that the foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans. You know, you've heard it said, the old adage, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. You know, it's like because our, our scope and our ability to see is so limited in comparison to what he's doing. And, but it says, and then God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. We live in a culture, and I'm all for working hard. Please be diligent at anything you put your hand to. But our culture says, do more, work harder. What's your grind? How hard am I doing it? We try to work everything out in our own strength. We try to see how far can I push myself? How far can I test myself? And the Bible talks about here that God's weakness is stronger than our greatest strength. So if you think that our ceiling is here and then go up a few thousand miles, and that's his floor, there is an enormous gap between what we can work out in our own strength and what he can do in his weakness. So it says, remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you are wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. How does that feel? Like God called you because you weren't powerful and wealthy and wise. And God said, you, you're mine. Let's go. You know, God would choose you. It says he chose the things the world considers foolish in order to shame those that think they're wise. He chose those things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. Did you know that we are only powerless if we haven't connected to the power that God's provided for us? Right? And that the, just think about that for a minute. So God talks about, I'm going to take the powerless because he can plug in and take us to exactly where he needs to go. And I want to say something before I go too much further, because I know I'm talking about pastors and leaders and things. I want to make sure that this is clear. We honor our pastors and we value the prayers of our pastors and leaders. I'm not trying to say that, you know, hey, their prayers aren't powerful. They are powerful. And let me tell you a few examples that have been in my life since we've been here at Awaken Church. So when we were down in San Diego, my wife and I, she shared the story during the tithe message at the nine, but 
you know, we were scraping two pennies together to figure out how to pay the rent most months, right? Like many of you have been in those seasons. And we had a little bit of money saved, and that's all we would work through, right? And that seemed to be our cycle. Have you ever noticed, have you ever looked around to your left and your right, and you think, how come it's always so easy for them? How come, like, they seem to always start everything on second base? Like, why do, everything seems to work out for them, and I feel like I'm the one pushing, 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 pushing. Has anyone else ever felt that? Like, where you felt, you're like, gosh, you know, and we just kept looking around thinking, like, our parents love Jesus. We've served God our whole lives. Like, what is going on? And I remember specifically the Sunday night where we were at our Balboa campus, and Pastor Jurgen stopped a message about 10 minutes in, which he normally doesn't do. We try to stay through the flow of things. And he says, I've never done this before, but I feel like I'm supposed to pray for some people who want to break off a curse of generational poverty over their life. And my wife and I didn't even have to look at each other, right? It was one of those, like, stand up. It's not usually one of those you look at your wife like, should we? How's this going to be perceived? You go first. I'll go second. Like, maybe I'm the only one that ever operates in that. But, you know, but we, we both were to our feet before he finished the sentence because it was something we had been talking about and praying about and believing for. And I can tell you, it didn't shift the next day. I think a lot of us think like, oh, yeah, tomorrow. But I can tell you now from that moment forward, we have not stopped seeing promotion and growth and health and strength, you know, because of things that were not done in our own strength, right? That was broken off, but there's power in authority in the prayers of our pastors, right? I remember Pastor John Heinrichs, who's our campus pastor at Balboa, who was, you know, our campus pastor down there. He's been here a few months ago. Some of you might've been here. And I remember the specific Sunday night, my oldest daughter, had breathing problems when she was younger. I don't know if anybody's ever experienced that, but as a parent, there's not much more that's scary with a baby or a young child when you don't know, you're like, do I fall asleep? Are they still going to be breathing when I wake up? Especially for us dads that don't know a lot. Like, I remember the first night in the hospital, my wife said, hey, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm like, who's going to watch the baby? Like, somebody's got to keep an eye on that thing and make sure it still breathes. You know, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And you know, but we had breathing challenges. We used to joke that she, if there was a cough available in San Diego County, she would find it, right? If it was 30 minutes away from us, we're like, how did you pick that up? Like, no one at church is sick. No one at preschool is sick. How did you find that, you know? And she would have just repetitive breathing issues. We'd be at Children's Hospital in San Diego at 2 o'clock in the morning over and over again because it's the middle of the night, and you're like, I don't know what else to do. She can't breathe, and so Pastor John on a Sunday night said, hey, tonight we're going to pray for kids. If your kids have any sickness, go get them out of kids' church and bring them in. And we thought, I've never been at a church where the pastor said, go get the kids out of kids' church and bring them up here. There must be something on this. Okay. And so we brought my daughter up onto that stage. And I can tell you from that point forward, we've never been back to the hospital. We've never had a breathing treatment. We've never dealt with any of that stuff ever again. And again, it's because... We're moving in the power and the authority that's made available to us in Christ, right? And, and it's pretty crazy to think, lastly, I'll talk about Connect Group for a minute. If you're not in a Connect Group, this is my shameless plug, get in a Connect Group. Um, but we were in a Connect Group with a couple down in San Diego, John and Teresa Mack. And we were about a year and a half before we moved back. We had the opportunity, the company I was working for offered me a job to move back to Boise and run a bunch of offices for them up here and all of these things. And... My wife wanted to come. I didn't. Now, I'm a big believer, and our church is a big believer, that our wives have very valuable, powerful insight and dreams. And we as a church, we never diminish those. We never view those as second best. I want to make sure that that's said from this platform. The women in this church are never second best. Okay? And, 
So we had to have that conversation sitting down of like, okay, I know you honor me and you've allowed me to be the head of the household and all this stuff, but I honor you and wanted to hear your input. I want to hear because she has discernment. She has wisdom. She has things that the Holy Spirit reveals to her. She has her own relationship with Jesus. This isn't like I tell her what to do, you know, and not that I ever could with my wife, but um, if you know my wife, that would never happen. It would never fly. You can cut that from the podcast if you want, but um, so you know, but it's one of those things where we had a conversation and we went to our connect group leaders and said, we need you to pray with us, right? We need you to pray with us. We we're, want that unification. So we had connect on Friday night. I had to make a decision by Monday. Are we going to take the promotion and move or are we going to stay here? We went Sunday morning to church. We got prayer. Everything was good. And then we stayed home on Sunday night. I think one of the kids, you know, had a runny nose. We were trying to keep him out of kids church. And so we watched a live stream at home. We had a woman that came in to speak from the UK and she's preaching and then stops. She goes, I have a word for somebody that's in here. And it's specific to exactly our situation. It's not one of those like, if somebody's arm has hurt in the last three years, like, you know, please come up over here, right? It's, it's one of those very specific where you're like, I, how does she know that about our conversations and, and our prayers? And you know who the first person to text us was to say, are you guys here? Was our connect group leaders because they were praying with us. They knew what was going on. They knew and they were in agreement with us. And so it was a word from God. We stayed. And I'll tell you about six months later, we didn't know why, but six months later, I got the call and moved into the current role that I have now that has opened up enormous doors for us financially. And the company that if I had moved has now closed all of their offices here locally, and I would have been unemployed. I mean, <laughs> just stop and think about that for a second. So I want to make sure that we honor our pastors and our leaders and those who have been given care over us in their prayers. But I do want to ask you, why can't that be you too? Is there anything biblical that says, you know what, that can't be you? You know, you may have seen in the wall out in the lobby, we talk about fresh, real, and powerful. And that's what our church is called to. But fresh really starts with a new thing, right? Sometimes some of us are living off of old things and trying to fit them into new things. And there's a verse that I've been studying a lot recently with something we've been going through in Isaiah 43, verse 19, that says, for I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, and I will create rivers and dry wasteland. And Tyler, I wanted to, to speak to you specifically as I was studying for this this week. I want to declare this verse over you, that there is a river in what was meant to be a wasteland season that is flowing into you and through you. I want to declare that God is doing a new thing. This is not an old thing. This is not a yesterday thing. This is a new thing. We are standing with you. We love you guys. And we are believing fully and completely with all that we have. But I wanted to share that with you because the Holy Spirit really sparked that in me that, that he's taking rivers of life into otherwise dry and arid spaces. He's taking what was supposed to be a wilderness season, what was supposed to be a dry, weary, exhaustion season is going to be flooded with into that wilderness. So I love you guys. Appreciate you. But we talk about being real. You'll hear on this stage a lot about the things people are going through, the challenges we're facing. Even Bella this morning saying, I'd love to get some honor in front of my siblings, right? Like, we're not going to shy away from things in this church that are the reality of what we've gone through. We're not going to shy away from the challenges that you're having and talk about that everything is just perfect and rosy and everything just works out for, you know, these people. We want to be real. But lastly, the only way that we can accomplish what God has called us to in the earth is to be powerful. And I'm going to talk a little bit about how do we operate in lives of power and authority. So I've got two quick points for you note takers. 
They don't have it up on the screen, but it's helpful for me to stay engaged if I take notes. That first, we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've not done that yet, I would encourage you. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. This isn't like a, you've got to come down today. This is your one and only shot, right? The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He'll continue to woo you, but maybe today, for some of you, that's the day. Today's the day you're going to look at your, your calendar and say, September 24th was the day that the Holy Spirit changed my life forever. So I want you to think about some of that. And a couple of verses in 2 Timothy, it talks about, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. If you notice at the beginning of the verse, it does it's put in specific order. Because when there's a spirit of fear ruling and reigning in your life, you've choked out the power. The love and self-control come after the power of the Holy Spirit engages with you. So for some of you who've been operating in fear, just in doubt, worry, it's not necessarily been like a, you know, a horror movie fear. Sometimes it's just a fear of like the unknown, a fear of stepping out. As Jake said, like, that's the same spirit, fear and faith. Like you're worried about something you don't know what might happen. (laughs) Are you going to worry about it or are you going to be excited about it, right? Like those are the the two differences, right? And, but it says in Ephesians 3.20, that now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. A lot of people read that verse and think like, yeah, God wants to do above and beyond. And we talk about abundance and finances and all of that kind of stuff. And we leave out the second half of the verse. The second half of the verse actually says that he's able to do it according to the power at work within us. That power comes from his Holy Spirit in us. That's not a, I'm I'm in abundance. I'm working that out. God's fulfilling all of these things. That's worked out because of the power that comes from him in and through us, right? So last verse in this section is Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. I added this late, so forgive me. I don't have it on my notes, but they're going to put it up here, and I'm going to read it. It says, and he called the 12 together. That's the 12 disciples. This is Jesus calling them together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And then in verse 2, it says, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Now, when I read my Bible, it says that Jesus told the disciples, and I'm a disciple of Jesus. So when it says the disciples, go, I'm giving you the power. You're not only going to see healing, but you're all going to cast out demons. Demons that we don't want to talk about sometimes in the American church. We want to just kind of shy away. and We're like, oh, there's no demonic influence in here. There's none of that stuff. The demonic spirits are what's holding some of you. You may not be demonically like possessed, but you might be oppressed. There's some things hanging over you that we have Pastor Mike Connell coming in a couple weeks. I encourage you, you're going to want to get some of that healing and restoration in those things. But he gave us that power. That's not one of those things. Sometimes we read in the Bible, and we're not a church that believes that that was just for Acts chapter 1. We're not a church that believes that, okay, the Christians then needed the power because they were going out and getting killed in the streets and whatever, so they needed it. But we don't need it today. You know, I don't know about you, if, if I had a, a wealthy father who said, hey, it's all yours, I'm not just going to stop at whatever he left in the garage. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to go check out the rest of the property. I'm going to go wandering around and see, like, what else is left, right? And so, but so many of us, you know, have history in church. We stop at, okay, this is, this is it. Like, I've got my salvation. I'm going to heaven. Like, things are good. I've got my friends. And like, and we miss what God's called us to. We miss the power and the authority that we're called into. And so my second point is we've got to understand, though, whose authority we operate under. 
And so Jesus talks about it here that there's power and authority, right? And that it's not our own personal authority. Anybody like to travel in here, right? You like to go out and to travel around the world. Well, I'm the guy, you ever have that friend that every trip they take, they load 250 photos on Facebook when they get back or whatever it is, right? And it's just like, cool, wow, that's awesome. I'm glad you took the time to load all of those. I'm not that guy, but I'll take a few photos. And Star and I went to Paris a few years ago. That was the first time I'd ever been to Paris. Heard a lot about the hype and everything. Was a little stunned that there were heavily military armed men just walking the streets. Was a little bit of an interesting adventure. I'm like, oh. I'm like, this looks like parts of San Diego, but usually you're on base if you see this kind of stuff. And, and so we're walking around the streets and I look across this courtyard and I see the U.S. Embassy. And I thought, that's pretty cool. It's a representation of my favorite country, the United States of America. Come on, somebody. I'm proud to be an American. And I look across the courtyard and I think, wow, that's really cool. I'm going to take a picture. Now, if you're ignorant like me, you didn't know that that's kind of a big deal. And so I'm taking a photo. You know, I'm a good 150 yards away. I'm not close. And all of a sudden I hear this, hey! And my wife is right next to me. And I had gotten in trouble in the UK for taking some pictures in some chapel I wasn't supposed to. And whatever, that's another story. So I didn't want to hear from my wife, like, again? Like, you're getting in trouble again? And, but I hear this guy yelling at me from the embassy. And I didn't know what I didn't know. So he's like, come over here. I'm thinking, like, he is armed. Like, I am, I do not want to be face down in, like, zip ties in the middle of this courtyard trying to figure out how I'm going to get back to my kids. Like, yes, sir, yes, sir. And I, I come over, and he basically, you know, begins to explain that I'm not allowed to take photos of the embassy, and this is why, and da-da-da. I thought, I'm sorry. Like, I had no intent here. But he knew confidently he was operating under an authority that even when he was in a place that wasn't his home base, he could operate in that authority because it wasn't his. It was given to him. And so he walked with such confidence in that space. And I think some of us operate in what we perceive to be our own authority, our own comfort, our own, like, this is what I can accomplish in my own strength. And I want to encourage you, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, it says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for those of us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and then seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority, power, leader, spirit, diagnosis. He's far above any, anything else, not only in this world, but also the world to come. Now God has put all things, all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of who? The church. That's you and I. So he has placed Christ in authority and has given us access to use that authority. He's given us access as the church to say, hey, I'm not operating on my, on my own authority. I'm not saying that I have personal authority over any power, leader, diagnosis. I don't. But with his authority, I do. With his authority, I'm now walking and stepping into an authority that's above and beyond my own. And he talk, continues to talk through, after, you know, at the end of the verse here, he says, and the church is his body, made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. So if Jesus told the disciples that it's better that he goes, that he brings the Holy Spirit, and yet it says here in Ephesians that he fills all things everywhere with himself. That means that he wants and desires to fill everything in your life with himself. He desires to fill everything with his spirit and his power. He desires that you can walk with the same power and authority 
that David did. You can walk with the same power and authority that Peter did. You can walk with the same power. It's the same Holy Spirit. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. There's nothing new in this. But I want to encourage us today. Some of us come from a background where we read the words in the Bible, but we never see the power walked out in that. We never see the authority in it. My wife and I were talking this week. Uh, My children go to a great Christian school here in town, and they give them memory verses every week, which we love. But the version that they use is a little, I could have them memorize like Harry Potter books. It's a little tough for a five-year-old to comprehend beyond just words in an order. You know, and we reached out to the principal this week and we said, we want to raise children who understand the authority of what they're reading, not just memorize the words on a page. And for some of us, that's been our, our Christian walk. That's been the relationship we've had with God is that somebody gave a convincing sermon. We got a Bible. We started just reading the words. But we've always known in our quiet moments, why is there a disconnect between what I experience and what I read in the Bible? Like, why is there this cavernous gap between these two things? And I want to encourage you, that doesn't have to exist. I promise you that that doesn't have to exist. So we're actually going to have a little bit of a unique altar time today because I want to encourage you. For some of you, today's the day. So for some of you, today's the day where you're going to turn the light switch on. You're actually going to access a whole different part of you that's been remaining dormant that you didn't even know. You know, even for the youth, we want to teach you this as a young age, that you have incredible dreams, but God can do even abundantly more through his power and through his authority in and through you. Just because Timothy talks about not to look down on you because you're young, please don't wait until you're my age to start walking in what God's called you to. Please don't wait. Please don't think that you're less than because you're not, I'm not 25 yet. I'm not 30 yet. I'm not 35 yet. Please begin to walk in what God's called you to. Press into that. Get the power and the authority that you have because God's not a, he doesn't care how old you are, where you come from. If you want to, if you are walking in his power and authority, he says, yep, stamp, go. Yep, empowered, go. That there's a push behind you that's encouraging. So I want to encourage you this morning as we close, if you would mind bowing your heads and closing your eyes, just to avoid any distractions or anything around you. I'm going to actually invite our ministry team up a little bit early today. Because I really believe that there's an atmosphere in here today. For those of you that say, hey, I'm the first, I'm going to pray for two people. First, I want to pray for those of you that have heard the message today. You say, you know what, John? I would love to walk in power and authority. I'd love to know what all of this is about. But I barely even know who any of these Bible characters you talked about are. I'm not familiar with a lot of this stuff, but I want to start. Where do I start? Well, let me tell you, the first place is to get in right relationship with Jesus. Jesus has created an authority for you, but we first have to be in relationship. We first have to become one who pursues after him. And so I want to encourage you today, if that's you, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you say, Sean, I'm not in relationship with Jesus Christ. I'd like to take that first step before I start to try to run a marathon. I want to get a first step in going where I'm going. If that's you this morning, on the count of three, if you would mind just shooting up your hand so I know I'm praying for one, two, three. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. It's such an incredible moment, church. We're going to just sit in this for a second. Thank you. God's just doing something so unique here this morning. I feel like there's at least one more person who's just kind of sitting on the edge and said, hey, I just, I've heard about this, but if, if there's actually some power and some miracles and then actually a breakthrough life I can walk in with this Jesus, I'm in. 
if that's actually what happens, if that's you, you said, hey, I've thought about becoming a Christian, but it just seems dead. It seems like I'm just walking through a religious exercise. If that's you, do we have any other hands? Anyone else? If you raise your hand, I've got my friend Kristen over here at the response lounge. I would encourage you when we do close out to pray, come on over and see her. We'd love to get a Bible in your hands. We'd love to pray for you. We'd love to help to equip you. This is not just a raise my hand once and I leave. This is a a lifelong journey that we want to prepare you for to see miracle after miracle, breakthrough after breakthrough in your life. Second, if you hear this message today and you say, you know what, Sean? I've either disconnected myself from opportunity, I've just qualified myself, I haven't stepped out in the authority, or I'd like to connect to this power you're talking about with the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that there was more that could open doors for me, that could set the captives free, that could do healing and miracles for the glory of God. If, if that's you, I want to encourage you, the worship team's going to play a song. If that's you, I'd encourage you to get out of your seat. We'll come back and close in a minute. But if that's you and you say, Sean, I'm hungry. I'm ready to receive the Holy Spirit that gives this power. I want to encourage you, don't look around. Don't worry about the person to your left or to your right. Today is the day for you. So the worship team is going to go back into song. If that's you, I encourage you, come to the front. We've got our whole team up, up here available for you. We would love to pray with you. And then I'll come back out and close out the service. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.